Welcome, everybody, to Wrestling is Cool, the coolest wrestling podcast on the planet. I'm here with an old friend from the Straight Shoot Wrestling Podcast, Mr. Tesh. How you doing, buddy? Not too bad. This feels very weird and very un-2023. Welcome to 2024 with new things and new beginnings. How's it going, Santi? Dude, I'm doing fantastic. The holidays were nice. I got the gifts that I wanted. Uh, wrestling is uh, is at an all-time peak. We're going to be talking about that because I think that wrestling is about to go into a borderline attitude era-esque boom here in 2024 i'm like i'm starting to feel it i'm starting to feel the rumbles like the pre-tornado the pre-tsunami i feel it all like the richter scale is starting to shake that 2024 is about to be potentially the greatest year in professional wrestling history are you getting that vibe here too I'm 100% getting the vibe. Uh, We were chatting about this the other day and we were trying to come up with names for what this era that Triple H is concocting uh, in the back there with production. And we came up with like the Renaissance era because this is like a whole new renaissance of professional wrestling, bringing in new and old. And I thought this era could actually get me to finally admit that the Attitude Era is no longer the greatest era in pro wrestling if they keep cooking the way they are uh if how i met your mother taught me anything it's a very average sitcom it taught me that it's pronounced renaissance renaissance it's the renaissance okay all right well folks um real quick if you are listening to this on free feeds uh, whatever that's cool i'm glad that you're enjoying it but you know that you could be listening to this three days early if you were over on patreon.com slash santi's app you're gonna get the raw reviews smackdown reviews you're gonna get now nxt reviews in 2024 and you're gonna get this podcast three days earlier and the ability to submit questions for mailbags so go ahead check it out patreon.com slash santi's app if you're already on patreon thank you so much much for the support. Now you might be noticing that Teshk is not Sancho, so I'm going to give a, a quick little update on that. I, can you conf- you're not him. No. You're not a skin no. changer. You're No. What, what are those people from from Marvel, the the scrolls? The, the scroll. Can, I am not a scroll. Not I am a scroll. Not a scroll. <laughs> no. No, I'm not. So Sancho uh did his last episode of Wrestling is Cool. That's available on Patreon, uh, and that will be his last episode of Wrestling is Cool. Nothing bad between us. I love the guy. Best of luck. It's just, unfortunately, his duties with his other work on his Twitch stream, YouTube, and the other partners that he's working with, with sponsors, it, it conflicts with what we're doing here at, uh, at Wrestling is Cool. We we talked about it, and we just f- sort of figured that it was sort of best for the show to go on uh, w- without Sancho. But again, nothing but love for the guy no hard feelings uh sancho we wish you the very best um but uh the the sancho gimmick is dead it's dead all right no more no more la night glazing to the it's to the nines <laughs> yeah that was the chris jericho line that sancho it's gimmick dead. is dead and buried <laughs> it was bad creative and it's dead and buried uh we <laughs> we love you sancho best of luck with everything buddy but uh we're gonna have a rotating uh I guess second host here until maybe we can find something permanent and uh, you know when a breakup happens you always jump back into bed with your ex here's Steve who I used to host a podcast with <laughs> the straight shit wrestling podcast <laughs> at least take me out on a date first <laughs> you could have taken me to the indie show last week I don't know man god so no. what, what have you been working on these days so you're you're with the straight shoe wrestling podcast how is that all going tell us a little bit about it 
Yeah. So uh, over the last month, Con Man, just, uh, Con Man and I, uh, another great creator, decided to uh, take a break for the month just to recharge. Uh, we had a lot of content through December. If you're a wrestling fan, you know how much wrestling that we were watching. Uh, every wrestling creator was watching. So we decided to take a break. We're restarting um, with some newer and yet older style segments uh, on our TikTok and then obviously on our YouTube channel. And then myself, I've just been grinding uh, the, the TikTok, the pushing the youtube as fast as i can and then obviously over on my twitch channel yeah so you were part of this uh giant boom of wrestling content creation here over the last month and a bit you saw a huge growth over on your tiktok me you and a bunch of other wrestling content creators were uh i guess featured somewhat not credited but featured uh yeah. over on monday night raw you were featured on multiple episodes uh they used your reel for quite a few times yeah. uh so like what are your thoughts on on all of that craziness? Because I don't want to give you like some va like super like specific question. I just want to know like your overall feelings on how all of this has been kind of headed your way because it's all been so fast. I think I think honestly, like just what they did is just almost saying like, yo, we see you. And that was the cool part, I think, for all of us. And I think they chose the right creators. Personally, I think the ones that were were shown are the creators that are putting in the most and the hardest work and the most recognized across all demographics, which I loved. Um, and then, yeah, it was really honestly, you, you sit there and like, you know me, I've got my local pub and you walk into the local pub and they're like, were you Monday Night Raw? And I'm like, yeah. And then that's where that kind of awkwardness comes in. Um, but it just it's just a testament to all the hard work that all the creators are doing yourself. Um, Wheezy Blonde, Con, myself, we just it's become our day to day. And that's why I think wrestling is going to become one of the biggest things in 2024, because now WWE is branching out to show other things than just their product. And I don't think that's something they would have done with Vince in charge. And I think they're going with the whole new modern era dynamic. And I love it. Endeavor is doing a great job, Triple H and the rest of the crew in the back. So I just want to say, if any of them see it, thank you. And no, you won't be hearing from my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy how much the WWE has evolved from um, not barely acknowledging or wanting to take part in social media to now it being a thing that they are so passionate about yeah. and to the point where now they let like all the wrestlers do Twitch, tw uh, mm -hmm. be on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it might be. But I remember specifically back in 2011 when WWE, the YouTube channel wasn't even allowed to have comments. Like they didn't even want any sort of fan feedback comments were always turned off back then i mean and i mean i think the best example of demonstrating how i guess archaic wwe was back then and how hard-headed they were about social media was zach Ryder, this man trying yeah. to get himself over on a on a new avenue something that wasn't you know your traditional writing from from wwe writing staff and vince mcmahon gets himself over on social media buried because that's just not the way that gets done but nowadays exactly. you have people getting over on social media and then they start getting traction on main event and then on monday night raw and on nxt and it's get it just it's so cool to see that evolution the two things that just pop out to me quickly before we keep going on is drew mcintyre putting in the work on his social media on his instagram on his tiktok before every match like he's not a big social media guy but there was actually during the uh the pandemic they had uh a drew and a 
on the network on Peacock. So he would go on to a podcast answering fan questions. There was about six episodes of it. And then he started building his TikTok and his Instagram. And Drew is a massive advocate for the social media to get his name out there. And a lot of this character that we're seeing right now on television is the character that is being shown on his social media. So he's blending work with his social. So that one as well. And then you look at Tyler Breeze, who still does active uh, work for the WWE social media networks, but is still allowed to go out and work the indies. Mm -hmm. Like when was the last time you've heard of a WWE employed wrestler working the indies and still being able to be showing up on WWE some form of television yeah so the fact that he's still doing so much work with up up down down and the youtube channel and like the watch alongs on their twitch but yet he's still able to go work the indies it just shows the evolution of what wwe is beginning to create with all its wrestlers aw take a fucking note and stop copyright striking people (laughs) <laughs> yeah, or yeah, turning off your. Oh my God, we can talk about that a little bit later. The whole, the whole uh, Chris Jericho situation in World's End—that was an absolute mess. Uh, but folks, again, welcome to Wrestling Is Cool. This is a show where we sometimes have uh, topical news conversations about the world of professional wrestling and the happenings today. But we also like to talk about why wrestling is cool. At the end of the day, if you're listening to this, it's because you're a wrestling fan. I guarantee you, nine out of ten times, the people who are wrestling fans that are listening to this don't have an outlet in their personal life to talk about professional wrestling so we're here to be your outlet because steve this is your first time on the show i want to give you the floor and i want you to geek out and tell us why you think professional wrestling is cool before we jump into all of the topics you know what santi uh you've known me for a very long time and if it wasn't for our arguments back in the day about professional wrestling um you 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 already know why i think wrestling is cool but to everyone else i grew up in a household that always showed um the big fights the big pay-per-views and i've grown up with it professional wrestling has always been that outlet for me and like many kids growing up in high school like there wasn't many wrestling fans that were in my high school. There was maybe one or two. And we got to geek out about the shows Monday night raw during the coming up through the end of the attitude era into the ruthless aggression. I just think what they do. And I, I talked about this the other day that everyone that says that wrestling is fake. If you go watch the iron claw, obviously great movie, by the way, um, the, the, the F word in wrestling wrestling is not fake it is very very real when it comes to the bruises and the bumps and all that kind of stuff yeah okay the match is predetermined but at the end of the day you're still watching a beautiful story like when you go watch the opera you go watch a movie or you go watch some television show that you're obsessed with for 10 seasons that is why wrestling is cool because it is the exact same as everything else that everybody watches on mainstream media it just gets this horrible burden but i love it i'm kind of like the outcast and i i brings all the outcasts together and i love it i mean i mean that you you said it very well the whole uh, aspect of the of the outcasts it definitely resonates for with me for sure because uh, mm-hmm. i stopped watching wrestling basically through my formative high school years from like 2007 to like when The Rock returned when I graduated in 2011 because yep. like no one around me watched wrestling. It just like it wasn't a 
a thing to really be into. And especially back then, internet forums weren't as, or, you know, places like YouTube and TikTok were just nowhere near as prevalent or, and it wasn't anywhere near as easy to find other wrestling nerds. But nowadays, man, you like, you open up any social media app, stay away from wrestling Twitter. That place is a fucking cesspool. Yeah, uh, go that. to the other ones, go to TikTok, YouTube, Reddit, and you'll find a wonderful sp- safe space for you to be able to enjoy wrestling. But I think that the closer and closer that we get to like 2030, I think the less and less you're going to have to worry about that. Cause I think that wrestling is, a, is about to, to enter a mainstream boom that we never really seen before. Cause that's part of the, the main uh, topic of the show. We're going to be talking 2024 because it's already shaping out to be one of the wildest years in professional wrestling before yep. the rock returned it was already shaping out to be that with the return of randy orton the return of cm punk but now we have the rock in there throwing in a wrench on things the, the going for the head of the table what does that do for cody we still have la Knight, this blossoming still pretty much newcomer that's still yep. getting the biggest pop of the night it seems to me and this is my opinion, and I'd love to hear yours, that this may be the strongest that the WWE has looked going into a new year. So at least since I've started watching wrestling. I look at this roster from head to toe, and it is just stacked. And then we have something, uh, the trump card that the Attitude Era didn't have, which is a stacked women's division as well. Yeah. So when I look at this uh, going into 2024, I mean, I, th- I think... I think I think this is the greatest start that you could possibly have for a wrestling company. Bear, bear in mind any injuries that could happen in early 2024 touch wood. I think this is the most stacked we have ever seen the WWE roster since the uh, merger with WCW. This is probably the names that you can pull from the WCW, WWE, WWF merger. That was huge. But now you look at what you have and in different divisions too you look at like the mid card where right now you've got like gunther running the show but you also have the likes of like jay uso you've got ricochet uh you've got shinsuke nakamura technically um kevin owens Sami Zayn. those guys are technically our mid card right now and then you look at the biggest the biggest names in the women's division uh minus charlotte who's out you've got becky they're pushing naya clearly um You've got a division of women's wrestling that even if they decide to start plucking from NXT or plucking from New New Japan or stardom, if anybody's paying attention. Julia, Julia, where are you? Um, But yeah, no, this is one of the most stacked I have ever seen the roster. I am very excited to see what they're going to do, because just think about it. Every single champion that we have right now, minus the tag champs, has been holding the title for almost a year. Okay, I I, I want to go back to 2024 for a second, but you brought up something, and I want to I want to say a gripe about things. Okay? okay, and feel free to jump in. Tell me I'm an idiot. This is what this is all about. But when you have so many historic championship reigns, they start to feel less important and less historic. Agree. All right. When okay, we have Roman Reigns thousand plus days. Amazing. Congratulations. Yep. Oh, snap. Now we have Rhea Ripley going on 365. Oh, Gunther on 500. 500. Uh, we, we've got Seth Rollins going now on, on over 300. Yep. That's starting to get annoying. Like, I'm Don't okay you. with I'm okay with historic runs. Yep. But when all of the titles are having historic runs, that's starting to get a little bit. It's starting to grind my gears. 
my biggest thing on this one is like it's actually starting to force me to cheer against my favorite wrestlers yes like last night uh monday night raw seth rollins against drew mcintyre now i have always stated my two favorite superstars in the business right now are seth rollins and drew mcintyre so i was a coin toss anyways but when i'm an advocate for either priest cash in or drew win i do not want to see the world title on seth i think he's done enough rhea ripley as well granted the issue with rhea is she's had nobody all of 2023 at least the first half of her title reign she had nobody of her caliber to uh to defend against naya was out uh there was a bunch of injuries a bunch of people were out pregnant like it's it's you know, well, you they had Becky there. They just refused to pull the trigger on that feud because they had the Trish. They had the Trish feud and Trish had to do her contract. Yeah, but so, that's like, been over for a while. And instead of doing Becky Rhea, they're like, Becky, go to NXT. Like they're doing everything in their power to keep them away. I know it's for WrestleMania. I can see yeah. that. But I've recently I've become more mature, Steve, in my mm. thoughts and beliefs. And one of the, the my mature thoughts is that they shouldn't they shouldn't wait for things. Just do it when it makes sense, because yeah. then they were doing the same thing for Charlotte Bianca. They were clearly mm-hmm. setting that up for Mania out the window because of injuries. Reality yeah. happens. I think when it's there, you should just do it. Yeah, I think there's another thing. It's the Dusty Rhodes factor uh, that he touched. He taught Triple H is build and build and build and build until especially with a heel build it until they are despised so much that when it is the trigger pulled it will be the biggest pop of the night like imagine when roman drops the title oh that's just that's imagine. legendary that would be iconic people are so annoyed that he's going to hold this title for we'll get into it later i guess but he's holding this for so long and who's going to finish the story at this point but like when it does happen it will almost be like when the streak ended but reverse there'll be parties in the streets fireworks going <laughs> off everywhere you know people people will be uh given rock babies and all that kind of stuff like you know what i mean like it will be that big of a pop so i know what triple h is trying to do but you can't do it with every single title like when gunther drops the title it'll be like okay gunther dropped the title he's gonna go to the main 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 event spot now you know and it's gonna be like okay this person deserves to be ic champion you know, so you don't need 500 days, even though nobody wanted to see Honky Tonk Man there for God knows how long. So I also yeah. think another another inherent problem with all of these long championship reigns when you have these many going on at once. One is like less opportunities for other people to, uh, I guess, demonstrate their chops as a uh, as a main player, as a champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two, <laughs> good luck to whoever wins that in carrying the burden of being the one who unseated Roman or the one who unseated Gunther or the one who unseated Rhea. If they haven't been properly built, like that, that could be a burden so big uh, that I don't think that they can carry. I, like, I think the best example is is Chris Benoit. There was never any build to him winning the Rumble. It was just, it was a neat surprise. It just sort of happened. And then- yeah instantly winning the title and then okay cool like we went through the roller coaster we got there we finished the story and now what we, yeah. we're more used to you chasing than you being champion and then people got bored of benoit and i yeah. fear that's gonna happen to a lot of the people that win these historic title reigns or beat these historic title reigns 
Yeah, and I think it's I think they've actually done themselves a disservice with that, with Roman being the thousand day champion, um, potentially gonna break Hogan's record by on September 24th. Yes, that's nine months away, guys. Um, but what I'm saying is there's only in my mind three people that can actually carry that burden currently on the main roster. And that's where my concern is you need to pick the right person because once Roman's gone, there's not gonna be a rematch. It's going to be three. Roman. Who's the three? Yeah. In order, Randy Orton's my number one. Number two is uh, The Rock. And number three is uh, Cody Rhodes. But the thing is, Cody's time was last year, in my mind. Um, but like you and I discussed last year, you're not going to drop the title to Cody on a three to four week build. It's just not going to happen. The only person that I truly believe that it works for is Randy Orton. It's the only person. He's got the legacy. He's got the the build. He's got the ability to carry what is about to come. And I think he's the most professional one. I'm not saying they're not professionals, but I'm saying he's the guy that it makes most sense for. Because in my mind... Roman's not dropping the title at WrestleMania. He's not dropping the title at 40. It, it doesn't make sense anymore. If you're going to go this long, you have to go to Hogan. It's the only thing that makes sense. If he does drop the title at Mania, it is what it is. But if you're building him to be the number three of all time or number four of all time, it has to, has to be a Survivor Series. And you can build a great feud with randy orton over a year oh well man the internet we tried steve we tried to warn them last year that yeah. that roman was gonna win we tried to dude i was was i not bringing the early warning signs when he was at like day 300 and in one of those early episodes of straight shoot i said i think roman holds for a thousand days i mean you we're already at 300 plus why not i we're trying to warn you people this as paul Heyman says we don't talk uh we don't talk predictions these are spoilers here fellas the holidays are here i'm already in the mood i'm wearing my jingle bell rock shirt and it's gonna be bustling it's gonna be busy and you can't forget to eat healthy and for that i've got the perfect sponsor for today's video factor factor is america's number one ready to eat meal delivery service factor is gonna make sure that you're eating well for breakfast lunch and dinner with chef prepared dietitian approved straight to your door meals with factor meals being delivered right to your door you're gonna be saving a tremendous this amount of time because you won't have to do any grocery shopping you won't have to do any meal prepping you won't have to stress out about what to make it's just coming directly to your door based on your preferences and what you want to eat that week and factor offers a variety of different meals to fit different types of diets if you're being calorie conscious you could look at their calorie smart options which are meals that are 550 calories or less if you want lots of protein you could look at their protein plus which comes with meals with 30 plus grams of protein they got keto options vegan options veggie options you name it so this december get factor and enjoy some fresh tasty delicious meals that are conveniently delivered right to your door just simply pick the meals that you want wait for them to be conveniently delivered to your door toss them in the microwave and within two minutes you're eating a nice healthy meal with no hassle or prep so head on over to factormeals.com slash santi50 and use code santi50 to get 50 percent off that's code santi50 at factormeals.com 
meals.com slash Santi50 to get 50% off. That's a pretty wicked deal, y'all. So go check it out. Now back to the video. And I see I see Roman holding past, uh, past Hogan as well. But one of the people that you mentioned as a potential to beat Hogan was The Rock, who, you know, mm. just casually came back, had a, you know, classic, hokey, uh, yep. Rudy Pooh, candy ass type of promo with uh, with Jinder Mahal. Um, it didn't really deliver any substance. I really thought that it's like, oh, here we go. It's going to be the it's going to be the awesome theory thing all over again, where yeah. we're here for the cheap pop. Cool. The social media views, uh, social media creators like you and I get a bunch of views because of it. We're happy, but then it doesn't lead to anything. But yeah. then after kicking uh, Jinder Mahal out of the ring, The Rock grabbed the mic one more time and asked San Diego when he goes to go eat, where should he sit at the restaurant? Should he sit at a booth? Should he sit at the bar? Or should he sit at the head of the table? That sentence right there turned everything upside down as we go into the road to WrestleMania. Because what is what the hell does this mean? Is this a match to set up a match for this mania. There's rumors that Perth is trying to buy the 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 rights for The Rock to appear. Is this to build up a, I hear voices in the air, once in a lifetime year long feud like he did with Cena? Cause it, it could, it absolutely could. It has the pedigree to be one of those crazy year, year long and a half feuds before they, they even touch hands. But what it, this does do is raise the question of, is this even fair for The Rock to come in and just sort of appear and take the spot. The re one of the reasons CM Punk ended oh. up leaving the WWE, by, by the way, which is kind of interesting in full circle that this is all happening at the same time that CM Punk is returning. It's, it's kind of interesting because if I was two years unwiser, I would say this is completely unfair. I would, but doing wrestling day in and day out for the better part of the last two years, um, the biggest thing is I think this is completely fair because this is what the fans were screaming for 18 months ago. They wanted rock. They wanted Roman. They wanted WrestleMania. I don't think they're going to get WrestleMania, but they're going to get it in a venue that could be WrestleMania esque. And that's uh, the Subiaco Oval in uh, Perth, Western Australia. That is a massive main event that will feel like WrestleMania. And this is the thing they're doing well with the Elimination Chamber because last year, if we don't, if we remember in Montreal, it felt like a WrestleMania main event with Sammy and it was great. So if you're going to send The Rock anywhere, send him to Australia and make this feel like it is for the, not just the head of the table. This is like the high chief. You are now taking the throne of the family i'm i'm good with this but from what you said about cm punk yes this is why he left but we've all matured cm punk has clearly matured he's got his feud with seth rollins which is going to be fantastic it's not taking a spot from anyone except for la Knight. i mean i feel like la Knight's spot was taken a couple of weeks ago when both CM Punk and Randy came back. I, wait, wait, can you explain why you think this is taking a spot from, from LA Knight? Because the only person like it's not, it's not Cody. Cody's on raw, like this whole thing. And I can, we could talk for an hour about Cody finishing the story uh, with Roman Reigns 
They're on separate brands. There's two GMs. That makes there's no context to that. There's no there's no cushion to it. But you look at LA Knight. LA Knight is being pushed to the moon. He is one of the hottest superstars in the business right now. And if The Rock comes back, he's clearly going to be working SmackDown because that's where Roman technically is. And LA Knight is now having to wait for either Logan Paul to show up, which he will, I think, this week or next week. And then he can feud with Logan going into Rumble or maybe build to Mania. And then you've got Randy, who also wants um, Roman as well. So, like, obviously, Randy's going to go above L.A. Knight and get his shot first. So, again, you had L.A. Knight getting the push and then it just dwindled after he lost at Crown Jewel, which we all knew he wasn't going to win that. So it's one of those ones where it's like L.A. Knight takes 15 steps forward and then goes back a mile. And that's how I feel that they just keep working him. And sooner or later, it's going to be a Drew McIntyre situation where his contract's up at the end of April. Is he going to be okay with losing 12 straight matches for the title? I mean, I feel like uh, when you're one or two in merch sales, it probably makes the the wound hurt a little bit less because <laughs> okay. he's still super over. He's still yep. in a this is the best spot he's ever been in the history of his entire career. Like, yeah. let's be honest, uh, no disrespect to impact, but being the impact champion just doesn't doesn't come close to what L.A. Knight is doing right now. The 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 pops that he's getting, the 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 cheers that this man receives, the merch that he moves, the spots that he gets on PLEs and in Friday Night Smackdown. I think that this is just a testament of just, again, how we were talking at the beginning of the show, how ridiculously stacked the WWE is. One of the things that I've been noticing about the difference between the mid card in the current day versus the mid card in like the Ruthless Aggression era, PG era, or like the 2010s as well, is that back then, if you were in the mid card, you were in the mid card. Yeah. That's where you were. There you were you might be the one in 10 that blows up during it a run in the mid card like an Eddie Guerrero and then gets to make that leap to the to the main event scene. But once you make that leap to the main event scene back then, you were in the main event scene. You were mm-hmm. in the spot that you were given. There were no transitions. I feel like today in today's wrestling, the mid card and the main event scene are so fluid where you can go back and forth. And it started in the women's division this year where it's like, all right, Rhea, you get Zoe Stark, who was a mid-carder. We're going to move her up for a main event program with you. And then Zoe can go back and we can, we can bring people up and down as we need them. And maybe that's, that's going to be LA Knight's place in the WWE, a guy that at any moment, the WWE can be like, we need an awesome mid-card program with Kevin Owens. We need an awesome mid-card program with Logan Paul, with Austin Theory. But at any moment, it's like, LA Knight, we need you. Come to the main mm-hmm. event scene. And I think that's going to be LA Knight's role uh, moving forward in the WWE, where he's just going to be the go-to guy when you want to build a, a program, whether it's in the mid-card or in the main event scene. Because the main event scene uh, is a little too stacked right now for LA Knight to, to really be able to, to flourish. Yep. And that's that was my my biggest gripe when they did the uh, the draft and they put L.A. Knight over on SmackDown. And I'm like, why? 
Like I would have just kept it Cody over there and LA Knight over on Raw, and then you don't have to worry about all this hypotheticals of what could happen in 2024, right? And LA Knight could be one of those guys that could have gone for Seth's world title, you know? And it's just, I like where he's at, but it just feels like he could be given just a little bit more because he was the one carrying that entire Bray Wyatt feud. He's the one who came out looking like a million dollars. He's been carrying everything else that he's getting involved in. So, and he's been the number one merch guy until CM Punk came back. So it's like, like this guy is making you a bag. Give him a belt, please. I understand why Logan Paul got the US title when he did, but come on guys, Logan Paul's like shown up once on TV and then he's done all these camera phone vignettes. No, come on. Like, let's just wrap this up and just see this beautiful U.S. title draped, uh, draped across this man because he needs something because I don't want to see the Drew McIntyre situation because that's actually concerning me. So, so the main narrative online is that like Cody Rhodes is now the Kurt Angle meme, like staring into into the abyss. What are we thinking about Cody Rhodes right now? Because part of me doesn't believe that uh, I, I never believed that Cody should win the rumble. Mm-hmm. I'm of the mind that Cody Rhodes should struggle now to get to Roman Reigns. Let's tell that story. Let's give the Royal rumble victory. In my opinion, for the first time in six years, if you can believe it to a male heel, let, let the male Gunther. heel Gunther. Yeah. Be the one that just gets to stroll into WrestleMania. Let them not have to struggle. Let's make Cody struggle for this uh, for this position at WrestleMania. And in my opinion, I think this adds to the struggle. I think this is going to add to the sympathy um, that Cody Rhodes can garner, especially from the hardcore fans who are, for the most part, unanimously being like, this is unfair to Cody. This should be Cody. And I think that, I, th- I still think it's going to end up being Cody. I just think that this wrinkle is going to actually end up endearing Cody more to the hardcore fans where where they're going to see this guy that should be getting this opportunity, getting pushed down, not getting the opportunity only for him to flourish from out of nowhere to earn this opportunity. And again, really endearing fans to him. See, I think I'm on the other end of the spectrum right now because I'm once they brought in the two GMs, once they brought in Nick Aldis, like that whole Cody Nicholas Aldis. Nick Aldis. Nicholas Aldis. We we talk Nick. the Nick Chelsea Greenisms here. All right. Okay. 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 My my apologies. I don't know the I don't know all the, the little bits of this. Um Nicholas Aldis coming into <laughs> SmackDown. Um really changed the whole dynamic for Cody. And everyone needs to realize. And I've said this, I've been screaming this since WrestleMania, that Cody finishing the story is not Cody beating Roman Reigns. It is Cody winning the WWF WWE title. That big gold, big W thing. That is finishing the story. That is what Dusty never did. Dusty was world champion. So Cody winning the big gold belt makes no sense. Cody winning the WWE undisputed universal championship is the only part of finishing the story that he needs to do. He does not need to beat Roman. So everyone's saying, Oh, Cody's never going to finish the story. Stop getting lost in last year's feud. 
The only thing about that whole story is him winning the title that his father never won. So beating Roman, everyone I think needs to get off of this idea that Roman it has to be Roman that Cody pins. It doesn't. I would rather see Cody pin Randy Orton. There's way more of a story there. There's literally over a decade of a story there. There's a 15 year friendship, nearly 20 year friendship there. So this is where I'm like, I understand and I'm sympathetic to the wrestling fans that want that WrestleMania 39 moment for Cody. And I get it, but we need to look at the bigger picture and realize what the story is. And the one thing Papa H has been doing fantastically is long-term storytelling. The one thing we were screaming for for nearly five years is tell us a long, a long story, make it a novel, make it the Harry Potter set of seven massive novels. I don't care, but he does this well. And there's little nuances that it could be Randy. And if it's not, then that's fine. But people need to understand that it's just winning the WWE title. It's not beating Roman Reigns. So in my mind, it's completely fair that the rocks here and it's completely fair that Cody's in the position he's in because he's not out of anything. He could go for the world title whenever he wants. He could go for any title whenever he wants, but he's in the position he's in. And I'm sure creative talked to him when he signed his contract saying, listen, this is potentially where you're going to end up. Are you good with this? And he probably went, yeah, I'm where I want to be. So I think it's completely fair, to be honest. So it sounds like you think that uh, Randy's going to dethrone Roman. I think I'm I'm actually hell bent on Randy dethroning Roman. I, it's actually part of the conversation uh, that we have later on in the show. But uh, Randy will be the one that dethrones Roman. OK, yeah, we're going to come back to this. So sticking with 2024 and WWE, uh, the only thorn that I see in WWE side right now, because everything is going well, their 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 shows are selling out house shows, TV shows, PLEs. They're getting bank for all of these TV deals to the point where they're probably going to kick out AEW out of a Warner Brothers Discovery deal, which is bananas to think about. The only thorn in WWE side is their competition stateside, which is all elite wrestling, AEW. In your mind, is there anything that AEW can do to match this momentum? Because in my opinion, no. I think that this is just such a giant freight train going down a hill on fire and it cannot be stopped. You can't. Unless you have Superman, you're not stopping the WWE train right now. So in my opinion, I think 2024 needs to be the year that AEW regroups, reanalyzes what they want to be, mm -hmm. and they decide to be that thing as opposed to being the WWE's competition because I think that that identity of being WWE's competition is what ended up driving WCW crazy and ended up making dumb decisions like having Edge win the TNT title only to instantly lose it to the same guy he just beat on a contract that that guy didn't even win. That's when you start making Vince Russo like ridiculous decisions and go down a horrible path of failure and atrocities. So oh, I man. think 2024 needs to be the year that AEW is like, 
right, we good. We're going to go in our corner. We're going to do our thing. We're going to make Swerve Strickland the champion. Uh, we're we're going to bring in some free agents to create some buzz. Maybe we bring in an AJ Francis, have him be a, a, a helping mouthpiece to an awesome Swerve Strickland right now. Maybe we bring in uh, some more free agents. Maybe we use this time to create a farm system so we aren't just dependent on high-ticket free agents and having to spend millions of dollars for a Mercedes Monet where I know you're just going to put her in a floundering women's division that you've been doing nothing with. I think this needs to be the year that AEW realizes WWE is unstoppable. I can go still do my own thing. Tell us how you really feel, Santi. That is exactly uh, how I really feel. <laughs> God damn it, that Adam Copeland thing was so dumb. And I said this the day Adam Copeland showed up on AEW. This is what Tony Khan does. He brings in a big superstar. It's like that kid at Christmas. He opens up the big present, but there's a bigger one right behind it. And he completely forgets about that present and he moves on to the next one. And that's where Adam Copeland's going to end up. So I hate that for him, but it is what it is. Now, when did you ever think that I was going to be the face that is on the good side and talk about the good things compared to me being the one that takes all the heat. Cause you're going to take all the heat for your, for what you just said. Um, I am slightly getting back into AEW and beginning to enjoy it more and more. They did themselves a massive disservice at world's end. I will say that I was furious with that entire card. AEW cannot touch WWE with a 10 foot, 10 mile pole right now signing Mercedes Monet for the exuberant amount of money. She's asking will not fill a 15,000 person stadium. It, it, it will. She could barely bring in a 2000 person stadium when she was in Japan. Bringing her in is a very tough situation because AEW is bleeding money right now. What I will say is they are doing the only good thing with this MJF situation, but the execution of the storyline was poor. They had the, they had all the right bits in place. They just poorly executed it. And I was really disappointed. And I personally, you and I talked about this already. I personally think the MJF thing is a work as well. Taking him off the yeah. roster. I'm pretty sure it's a complete work. He just needs time to heal, which is fine. Now, where do you also find superstars to bring in? Because there's not many out there. Dolph Ziggler is not going to fill a house for AEW. Osprey, maybe. We saw Toronto versus Omega. That was huge. But Osprey and those the, the likes of those names, without the WWA, WWE system, they are never going to be that top tier. And it sucks because they have a they have a good roster like signing Mariah May. I don't think people understand how big of a signing Mariah May actually is. And they're having her play this stupid gimmick, which is typical Tony Khan. Tony Khan needs to get a production team in. Stop writing this stuff himself. Like literally get somebody else to write for you. Take some time off and just be the money roll. Be Vince. You know what I mean? Go talk to your dad and say, I need this. AEW has so much positive on that roster that it just needs one locker room leader 
not a bunch of WWE Hall of Famers that sit in the back in, in catering like Big Show and Mark Henry. You need a lock, a true locker room leader. When you find that, then you will find which way to go and how to do things better. Because you look at like the Ambrose Eddie Eddie Kingston match from the other night. Those are two guys like grizzled vets. Those are two grizzled veterans in the business that have worked everywhere and done everything. And if you have those guys and your locker room is still a disaster, like CM Punk kept calling out, and I'm sure nothing has changed since then with Daniel Bryan being your fucking human, sorry, your human resources. Like, I just don't see. Like, last last thing before I finish my rant, um, I was watching Anna Jay on her TikTok and she was talking at doing a day in the life. WWE's production meetings for Raw and SmackDown start at two o'clock. Guess what? Dynamite for AEW starts at two o'clock. Anna Jay said without even skipping a beat, oh, production was at two. I showed up at 245. You really think Triple H or anyone at WWE or Endeavor, if you show up at 245 for a production meeting, you're going to get paid or be on the show? Come on. If that's the ship that they're running in AEW, I can, I'm completely crapping all over AEW I know, right now. Because right? you're like, I'm going to be the good guy. I'm going to okay. talk about the positives. I'm AEW sorry. fucking sucks because of this, this, and that. You know what? Let me finish my rant. I'm going to keep going on it. But do you really think without like those steps in place, that's why corporate business works well. You know it. I know it. We both worked at corporate places that you need to follow. You need to drink the milk. You need, you, you know, you have to drink what they give you. If you don't, you will not succeed. Clearly, nobody's drinking what Tony Khan is giving. And I think it's for a good thing. Can we call but, it Kool-Aid, not milk. I don't want to talk about drinking Tony Khan's milk. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Tony Khan's Kool-Aid. I don't think anyone's drinking that. And it's evident in the shows. It's evident in the social media. It's evident in even the reporting. Like, can we get to that uh, world's end media press conference where it was 35 minutes late? They turn off YouTube comments. Yes. Okay. We're going to get into why. But when you can't even control the press from asking certain questions when a 22 year old TBS champion who is just learning is sitting there and she was arguably, it was one of the better matches of the night. And you put her in that awkward situation and you as the owner of the company didn't stand up and stop anyone from asking that question. That's on you. That's your leadership. You're supposed to protect them. And saying saying it's a safe place to work, but you allow stuff like that to happen. Like, come on, man. Like, I'm okay, I'm done. I'm if that's you being positive about AEW, I'm curious how you are when you're being mean. <laughs> so <laughs> you you alluded to the to the YouTube comments, and my God, this Jericho situation is like the most ill-timed thing that could have possibly happened to AEW going into the new year right before world's end uh negotiating a new tv deal trying to win over free agents um i'm not gonna talk about like what i think on on this matter because at the end of the day they are allegations um yep. 
and I'm not here to get sued. Neither is Steve. Uh, so I'll mostly talk about like, I guess like what this is doing for the morale of AEW because from, from, um, like from an outside fan looking in, it's, it's not good when one of your pillars of the, uh, of your organization is getting audibly jeered and booed by everyone in the arena. Yeah. When there are signs about the world's NDA and, and, uh, and just all, all around hate for Jericho. Like this is just brutal timing that I think if it all unravels and it's all shown to be true and it's all shown that Tony Khan was maybe harboring and hiding this information, that's killer killer for the tv rights deal that would be absolutely nasty and brutal in my opinion i just uh there's no winners here either like there's absolutely no winners in this situation people want to come out with the with the pitchforks and say ha we got chris jericho i'm like yeah like okay you got chris jericho but like there if it's is this is all true like there's a victim here like yeah why are we celebrating that we got chris jericho if anything like we should we should be talking about the the safety and um, it, how do I say this? The safety of of women's wrestlers moving forward in an organization like AEW that doesn't have the checks and balances that a lot of these corporate or uh, bigger entities like WWE has. It's just a just a shitty situation all around. I think I think overall, and you're right, there is a victim there, but you have to look at it more of just the women's division. I think it's the entire roster of staff with aew because there's production there are camera crew there are catering there are even the male wrestlers you never know it could always go the other way right um i think what aew is lacking and and the answer tony khan gave was basically people can just come to me and talk to me again that is not a way to do things because that is a one-on-one meeting that potentially a victim does not want to have a closed door one-on-one meeting because a closed door one-on-one meeting is what got them into this situation the first time secondly you said that there is a victim allegedly 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 there's a victim there's there's should we put a disclaimer up as well (laughs) allegedly that's the word of today's of today's podcast there could allegedly be more victims and not just of Jericho. It's a very male dominated industry, right? Hell, you could say potentially anyone on that roster could be doing things like that. Um, and not having a, a proper like human resources team or uh, a committee to go talk to where it's like a safe open board where you, you know, you can sit there and talk about everything. That is where I, again, AEW is failing. So allegedly, um, I just think it's a nasty situation. AEW does not need this right now because there's a lot of people taking a lot of other things out of context with them. This is, it's the worst timing. Like Mm -hmm. if Tony Khan could have ever thought of a worse way to start 2024, I don't think he would have ever got this in his wildest dreams. He signed Chris Jericho to a bag and Chris Jericho is supposed to be 
the that leader that I was talking about. And clearly that's not the case. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> uh, and maybe, Tony, next time you're asked a, like a question like that, uh, take off the goddamn sunglasses and, and the hat yeah. off. That'd be nice. Anyways, uh, as classic uh, wrestling is cool podcast, sometimes we just end up just clowning on AEW. It's not. It's look. It's just what's. It's just what's in the in the wrestling rhetoric right now. We like AEW, but like they they've been struggling. Look, believe me, I spent about twelve years clowning WWE. All right, so it's due that AEW is gonna get a little bit some of this because uh, yeah. 20, uh, two, uh, 2009 to 2019 were some rough years for WWE there. There's some good ones in there, but uh, for the most part, it was pretty rough for the most part. Um, I mean, let's talk about something a little bit more positive. Um, you know, we're going into 2024. Is there anybody that comes to mind that you'd like to see get a push? We're going to go. I'm going way out of left field because something happened at uh, one of the PLEs with damage control and Dakota Kai was holding EO's women's championship. Oh, it looked good on her. Did it not look yeah. good on her? <laughs> so there's my first point. Did it not look good on her? And secondly, Dakota has become this kind of voice for damage control when it comes to dealing with the translation. And she's kind of stepped to the forefront with this injury. They are utilizing her character so well. Don't forget, Dakota Kai is very good in the ring. Like, very good. She has some of that strong style, but she also has that NXT developmental stuff as well. So it's a nice little blend. So once she is cleared and if she can stay healthy, I would love to see it be Dakota versus either Bailey or Dakota versus EO for the women's title at SummerSlam and Dakota to get the title. Because I think the work that she has done since coming back at SummerSlam with damage control, with healing and a torn ACL. I don't think we've ever seen this from someone that's on the injured list work like this. And she's doing a great job at it. So Dakota Kai is the push I want to see. It's interesting that we both uh, stuck with women on this one. I've got Chelsea okay. Green on mine. Oh, um, Miss Money in the Bank. I want a Miss Money in the Bank. I think that right now, the women's main event scene is just full of super powerful badasses. Yeah. Rhea Ripley, Charlotte, Bianca Belair, Io Sky when they let her be a badass. Yep. Jade Cargill when she shows up. We got the man, Becky Lynch. Where is my snively coward heel that uses dirty tactics, that uses politics to get away with things? We need that character in the women's main event scene. And I think that there's no better person to play that role than Chelsea Green. If, yeah. I, if I were to put Chelsea Green and Charlotte in the ring, do I think that realistically... Rhea's going to lose? Absolutely not. That's yeah. why you give her the Money in the Bank briefcase, the great equalizer. Because once the belt is on Chelsea Green, then she can do everything under the sun to try and politic her way to re retain that championship, etc. And just adding a different dynamic to women's storytelling in the main event scene, as opposed to it just being like the, I'm the bigger badass of the two. Because that's kind of what it's turning out to be. Um, and, and I think it's part of the, the growing pains of of a division because i think yeah. wrestling kind of went through this as uh, the men's division kind of at some point went through this as well who's the biggest draw who's the biggest badass 
But now I think it's time to start evolving the women's division a little bit more and add a little bit more layers to it. And somebody like Chelsea Green can add that third dimension that I think personally it's missing in the main event scene. I think Chelsea could play like a very good Eddie Guerrero-esque character uh, with like the lie, cheat and steal concept, not give her that concept. But what you're saying there reminds me a lot of what Eddie was doing because he was going up against the bigger guys. Mm-hmm. And yep. he was able to get away with it with such finesse that th- that's all you really remember of Eddie. Can I give you uh, an idea for Chelsea Green? You know how Alberto Del Rio had his own personal ring announcer? Yep. I would like Chelsea Green to, ha- if she's champion, to have her own personal referee. Oh, God. Bring back uh, uh, Armstrong. I just I want her own personal referee for her matches. I think, again, there could just be some fun shenanigans there that we can get uh, from Chelsea Green in 2024. That's my pick. I like that we both went with women there. I like it. Uh, before we uh, we start to wrap things up, just a couple of rapid fire topics. Uh, Damian Priest is turning into a buffoon with this briefcase. No. Dear God. Yes, he is. I disagree. I, I disagree. I, 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 the bank is. Hold on, hold on. The money in the bank is turning into a a buffoon and a disgrace. This is like the third out of the last five years that we've seen the same concept of attempted cash and attempted cash and attempted cash and attempted cash. And like, look at Theory. He it's are you going to tell me Theory didn't come out looking like a buffoon? Let me finish. Okay. when we talked two years ago about how the money in the bank could actually be a top four pay-per-view and now whoever wins it was on a trajectory to the top of the the ladder to the main roster to the the to the top of the mountain grabbing that proverbial brass ring and they all turn out looking like idiots i am almost at the point the men's money in the bank means nothing this is stupid yeah. when the main event scene is that stacked it's hard to justify someone losing because of a briefcase but for exactly. me man like they're turning damian priest into a member of the three stooges i like the fact that from summer after SummerSlam, they stopped that right we didn't yep. see any of those fugazi uh cash-ins where like oh shenanigans he accidentally hit uh, somebody else with the briefcase whoa oh, oh, oh no yeah. And we went right back to it, man. The same thing that we were complaining about in the summer with these dumb hijinks. Like it, 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 I get it that I do believe. And I agree with you that it is damaging the reputation of the money in the bank briefcase. But I think by proxy, it's damaging Damian priest. Cause it's making him look like an idiot that, yeah. that, that is incompetent. That can't just hand the briefcase and cash in. It's, it's getting a little much it's turning him into a three stooges buffoon and i hate that because i hate i love damian priest i think he's amazing i think he's an he's a he is still in my opinion underrated by most wrestling fans yes and i really wanted something big for him with to come from that briefcase and at this point I'm at the point where like the only way that you can fix this buffoonery of the briefcase, if it's if it's a WrestleMania cash in, like you need to bring back the the prestige of this thing with something big. You know what they should have done last night or on Monday Night Raw? They should have just had Damien's music hit right before they rang the bell to start the match and made it a triple threat. Because that's vert there. Show Damien Priest is a badass. You are in the. Big, you're technically the leader of the best group faction in WWE right now. Have the music hit and just walk down. 
and say, I'm cashing in, make it a triple threat. There's the prestige back. If you lose, you lose. But at least you didn't look like an idiot doing it. You looked like a badass going up against the two top guys, basically, on Monday Night Raw minus Cody. That would have been fire. Would have been fire. There you go. That's, that's how you book it. Yeah. Don't make him come on and get claymored with a briefcase. Come on. Like, you yeah. saw it coming a mile away. That's that's why I'm saying. That's what I'm yeah. saying, man. Um, all right, let's start to wrap things up. Um, I have here in our notes that we're each going to give our one guaranteed 2024 prediction. Mine, I already basically gave it to you, so I'll come up with another one. The one that I basically gave was Chelsea Green winning money in yeah. the bank. I just don't think that there's anyone that is better suited for that briefcase right now with the way that they've been building her, the character work that she puts in, and God forbid if Cardona does come to the WWE, they would be an awesome power coward couple and even in an even better time to give her the briefcase. I'll give you another one. This is more of a, of a hopeful thing. I'm calling it right now. Knocking on wood. 2024 is the year that we see Biggie on television, not saying in the ring, but in some way, shape or form, whether it ends up being, you know, whether he ends up just being a manager, whether he ends up being a character backstage, maybe he takes on some commentary stuff. I think this yeah. is when we can, uh, this has got to be the year that we see Big E return. That's a good shout. That's a good shout. I, I like both of those. And I actually hope even with the Matt Cardona thing, I, I hope all that happens this year because what views that'll do for us. <laughs> um i basically said mine so i'll try and figure something else out uh my first one is randy orton will be the one that dethrones uh roman reigns and i'm going to say it happens at survivor series um hulk hogan's uh record is at september 24th of this year so i think unfortunately guys we got another 10 months of this <laughs> <laughs> um but the other thing that i will say is that LA Knight 100% um, wins a title this year. I mean, he and has to, right? As soon as Royal Rumble, I'm going to assume. I mean, like his whole rise, uh, this is something not a lot of people talk about, but his initial rise, it was all him talking about, I'm here to win gold. I'm here to yep. win the United States Championship. Failed at that. Failed at getting the WWE Universal Championship. I think it's time, right? You're here to win some gold. Time to put some gold on LA night. So I'm with you. I like that. All right, let's wrap up this show with our This Is Cool segment of the week. Steve, have you had a chance to think of yours? Because I ended up stealing yours. Yeah, you did. You 100% stole mine. I've got one. Um, what's cool? I will, what's cool? As <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, Shinsuke is cool. Everything about this... Uh, asian comic book those are called anime, animes yeah anime there you go i was trying to get the word yeah the anime thing that they're doing even though i thought the one image that they put on the show the other night looked like roman reigns it <laughs> <laughs> 100 looked like roman reigns but this whole anime style of nakamura allowing him to talk in japanese with the subtitles it's how he should have been booked from the start Dart. yes this guy he can cut a promo just in japanese at least we're evolving with the times he doesn't need no translator just put the put everything up on screen for us let us read that we're good so everything about this whole shinsuke nakamura character and the growth of this new 
violent version of Nakamura. I think it's like a blend between Yakuza and anime, and I love it. So that's I, dude, cool. I'm so with you. I just hate the fact that they're making them look so cool just to lose because that's what they did with uh, with Seth Rollins. But hey, like to me, this was Nakamura, and this this I'm including the year he won the Royal Rumble. This, 2023 was the best year of Shinsuke Nakamura's entire main roster career. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. they they revitalized him. They they gave him an aura of feeling special main event worthy like a threat a danger and they didn't treat him like this cartoonish uh foreigner which is what what vince was the pretty much the only way he could book japanese wrestlers yeah exactly can i just say what it's giving me like thoughts of every time he cuts a promo what do you remember undertaker versus mankind mm. and the boiler room vignettes I like that. Leading yeah. To that leading to what was it? The boiler room brawl the boiler room brawl or or was it the buried alive match? I can't remember. But Mick Foley would cut these creepy promos in the back boiler rooms of all these stadiums with literally no light just rocking back and forth. This is what I'm getting for this Nakamura stuff. And I'm loving it. It was it's so good. Shout out to to mankind. Never gets enough credit when it comes to the, like the scariest WWE superstars of all time. That 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 mankind was terrifying. Anybody who screams like that and rips their own hair out, come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for me, what's cool? Our truth oh, yeah. is cool. Our yeah. truth is so cool, My, dude. You know what? Our truth demonstrated. He demonstrated a, a valuable life lesson. You never know how good you have it until the thing that made it good gets taken away from you. Because I really am realizing how unappreciated our truths antics were before this injury. Because now I'm realizing this man is a comedic genius. Yeah. Everything about his delivery, facial expressions, the way that he went to betray the Miz and go and says the two th the the mania 24 line from Shawn michaels i'm sorry i love you <laughs> like come on man like that is actually gold it's one of those things again you didn't know how good you had it until it was gone and i'm just here for our truth man i i want the day look and, and i said look i said this crazy theory a couple of uh um a couple of uh months ago not months ago sorry a couple of weeks ago well, like, I'm like, I'm kind of starting to dig the idea of this. <laughs> what if after all of these shenanigans with the briefcase, it's somehow our truth that actually helps Damien Priest cash in successfully? Oh, Dude, tell me, tell me that's not awesome. <laughs> JD would be kicked out of Judgment Day <laughs> the next day. <laughs> like somehow out of all of this, all of these failed cash-ins where they're making Damien Priest look like a member of the Three Stooges, somehow... It's our truth that is able to actually help with the cash in. That would yeah. be amazing. Imagine our truth ran down the ran down the ramp in a purple and black referees. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like this is it's it's a. I was a little concerned initially with uh, with how quick they pulled the trigger on on Judgment Day attacking our truth. But mm. then in the back of my head, I'm like, our truth is crazy. He's going to still think he's in the judgment. And they, that's exactly what they ran with. And I loved it because my original idea, what I would have loved, well, I, I would have liked some sort of mean girl shtick where they make him believe he's in the judgment day. And then they like break our hearts like a couple of months down the line. 
and, and really delivered something gut-wrenching. Um, but anyways, I love the way that that they're handling it right now. R-Truth is amazing. He is a yeah. gem. He is amazing on TikTok. His TikTok lives are better than, than just about anything on television these days. Did you see the TikTok live that? where somebody sent him a gif of, uh, of elephant ears and he like got scared <laughs> he like jumped back <laughs> i try and get as many as those i can but normally he's on like super super late now mm. uh, but yeah no truth is i big shout out to the little jimmy reference the mm-hmm. other night like big shout out he he played that off so well and my the only the only thing i wanted to say on that how does triple h not like die laughing with his heart when our truth is in the ring and like i'm i'm wondering i want to know what triple h is saying to michael cole in his headset that's all <laughs> i want i want to be i want to like we need to tap the headsets just so we can hear that communication because i guarantee triple h is crying truth is another thing last thing and people should learn from this it doesn't matter what age you're at you can always reinvent yourself and our truth didn't really reinvent himself, but what he has been able to do, he has taken all the good bits of his career from this quad injury and brought them all back full circle. And if it didn't work back then, it might work in the future. And this man's like 51 years old. You wouldn't know it. And he is one of the most like loved superstars um, on television right now. So, you know, take that for what it's worth, bro. When he kicked his leg up, when he's like, you out <laughs> and did this like giant crane kick up in the air. It's like, first of all, that is impressive that you got your foot up that high. And two, oh, yeah. that's hilarious. Sorry. Before we wrap things up, um, what are they going to do with Drew, man? What's next for Drew? Because in my my headcanon, had Drew won that. I, I really believe that it was going to be Sami Zayn drew at Mania and giving Sami mm-hmm. Zayn his moment. That's what I thought yeah. was going to happen. It seems pretty clear to me, at least right now that the WWE is pretty hell bent on having the title be involved in CM Punk versus Seth Rollins, which I'm cool with. I, I don't think that that match needs the title. If anything, I think the title needs the match. That's, that's my logic. That title yeah. needs like that grandiose moment and that huge feud to elevate it to anything near close to to the universal uh to the undisputed universal championship um and it looks like they're going to be going that route i'm not saying that they still can't do drew mcintyre versus uh Sami Zayn. they still probably are at, at some ple somewhere but it still just feels like it's not enough i i am of the mindset and this is a biased take because i am such a big drew mcintyre fan that I personally think he should have won that title last night um, or on Monday night. Dude, that three, that 2.99 count with the foot on the ropes. That was a crazy spot. I I, I actually wasn't even, I wasn't even smiling at that point because I saw, I saw the deep cover and I was like (sighs) foot on the rope. And like, I saw it before they panned out. This hurt Drew McIntyre. Like, and I mean, to a point where I don't know if there's a way back. Granted, it's Triple H. Wait, so are you he's, saying that he's out of time? So say goodbye. Quite possibly. <laughs> he hasn't re-signed apparently, so. And like, 
I don't know if they put him into some bullshit like they did the League of Nations um, when what's his name was leaving uh, Barrett. Oh, wait, Barrett. Why Barrett? Yeah, I'm just saying I that's unfortunately I, I I'm worried about this one. I, I don't want to see that actually might save AEW to be honest, if Drew McIntyre leaves WWE, because that's a guy who can fill put seats. Uh, put butts in the seats especially a feud against osprey or something like that like that would be insane but uh i'm real i don't know where they go with drew i really don't because the Sami Zayn feud okay yeah the Sami Zayn feuds there the j the j feud is potentially there but it's for nothing it's just at this point then it goes to drew throwing a temper tantrum Mm -hmm. and that's not what we need we need drew is a main event guy like he you could put him in any feud to win a title and he could carry your locker room. And it's just like, I don't know what they're doing and it sucks. Yeah. I really hate it. It does seem like he's going to be going in limbo here for a bit because like, like like you said, like the, in terms of, of feuds with stakes that matter, there aren't very many. The feuds that are left for him are those feuds that are just going to make his character look petty more than anything. Mm So we'll see. We'll see. Because there's only, there's only, sorry, give me one yeah. more. There's only one way I see this working. And that's next week, him putting Seth on the shelf. And I mean, like attacking Seth badly backstage. Because if he does that, that gives Seth a month to rest. The title somehow gets stripped off of Seth because he can't compete. Mm hmm. I know, mm-hmm. I know, and then Drew wins some tournament, but that's the only thing I can think of that gets Drew back in that upper echelon and makes him go uber heel, which I said Drew's probably going to be the best heel of 2024, but that was with the title. So you, you never know. Hey, it's another one of those, uh, one of those rare bad side effects of when the main event scene gets this crowded. Guys like exactly. Drew McIntyre, they start to go into limbo. But folks, that's our episode of Wrestling is Cool, the coolest podcast on the planet. Steve, uh, what are you working on these days and uh, what do you want to tell the people about? Oh, just basically uh, just working on my YouTube channel, my Twitch channel. Everything is Mr. Tesh, like it says right here. I'm sure the links will be somewhere. Um, But yeah, just working on uh, building up the socials. The Instagram has gone absolutely nuclear so i appreciate everyone uh don't forget give me a follow on that as well can i stop Um, you for a second can you can you can you pronounce nuclear one more time nuclear i don't like that why you're saying nuclear nuclear it's nuclear nuclear that's are you pissing me off no i'm dead (laughs) serious that's how i say nuclear you're 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 trolling (laughs) I'm not. That's how I say it. Nuclear? Nuclear, yeah. Spell it for me. N-U-C-L-E-A-R. Okay, where's the Q in nuclear in there? I say it that way. I always have. All right, where can not people changing find it. <laughs> where can people find you? All social media platforms at Mr. Tashk. Um Make sure you go check out the YouTube channel. I've got a couple more videos coming out this week. Not as consistent as Santi because he works on some ridiculous form of just caffeine pills and rage. I don't know. But yeah, uh, YouTube channel's growing. And make sure you check me out on Twitch if you're not over on his channel. Um, uh, Twitch.tv slash Mr. Tesh. Yeah. Santi. 
I mean, they're on my channel. <laughs> they're already here. <laughs> but if you want more, go check out Twitch. All right, we're going crazy this week with uh, everything related to uh, day one, New Year's Evil, as well as uh, New, Year's New Year's Revolution. But more than anything, go check out the Patreon. Go show some support over there. Again, you're going to get more content that more than you're already getting here, and you're going to be getting... You would have gotten this episode early. All right? You would have yes. gotten this episode early. But instead, instead, you're a chump listening to this for free after all of this is less relevant. So you should have came to, came to the Patreon. All right, folks, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Take care and be wonderful people. Hey, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode of Wrestling is Cool. A special thank you to our producers, our $15 patrons, who are chipping in a little extra more to help keep the lights on and the mics on. And again, because of that, they're going to get the producer shouted here at the end of the episode. So thank you to Abel Rodriguez, Aircraft, Ben Calloway, Ben Manlove, Buxo, Cody Cook, Connor Williamson, Gavin Alves, Jackson Conley, Jonathan Daly, Mako Mac Gaming, Michael Glass, Monte Moore, Nicholas Kyle, Reese Dowd, Rodolfo Reyes, Squishy, Super Malachi Galaxy, Two Crown, Wesley Simpson, Yellow Wantown, as well as Zerk Zito. So thank you guys very much for being a producer on this episode, and thank you so much for your support. Cheers.